knows ruminations of a misanthrope season one episode four my episodes contain distressing and serious topics and are intended for a mature audience if you're easily offended then it's probably best that you leave go on go on leave Part 1. RSPCA Endorsed Chicken Whilst cooking recently, I happened upon a label on the chicken breasts that I was using for our dinner one night. And it struck me as odd that the four chicken breasts inside the Aformation package had a label that stated that this chicken was RSPCA approved. I took a double take. What the fuck? The four chicken breasts before me were approved to be there by the RSPCA. I thought they were supposed to protect animals, not endorse the wholesale murder of them. What's wrong with the world? It's gone mad. And what's happened to the moral mindset of a once well-respect animal protection body? I certainly won't be donating to them again. Not that I ever did before anyway. Just as an FYI, the chicken was delicious. Part 2. People seeing themselves on the television. I was in the unfortunate position of being at another person's house last Thursday. This is problematic for me on many levels, but yesterday was more interesting than usual. Because I didn't have control over what was being watched on the television and I noticed that there was a breakfast TV show on. What was fascinating was that behind the humans talking in the studio was a glass wall. There were humans behind it jumping up and down and waving. I wondered for a split second if there were some terrorists or something behind them, shooting at them indiscriminately, and they wanted to get into the safety of the studio. Unfortunately, this wasn't the case. Indeed, it looked like, when they had woken up that morning, they had made a conscious decision to leave their home and go and stand outside a TV studio with the sole purpose of being seen on TV. I've always wondered why people want to be seen on TV and why they get so excited and animated when it happens. It's the same at live sporting events. Why? When my son was between the ages of two and six, we were often in the unfortunate situation of being invited to my aforementioned son's friend's birthday parties. When an invitation would emerge from a school bag or via text message... I was happy for my son, really I was, but was greeted with a wave of fear and anxiety at the thought of mingling with other parents. The thought of having to make chit-chat would paralyse me. These hateful events abated around his eighth birthday when the friend circle had sorted itself out and there were less friends in the inviting circle. Around that age as well, there was also the option of dropping your child off and picking them up once the party had subsided. This meant... You had to speak to one parent upon drop-off and pick-up. Invariably, these events were in the middle of the day and would involve car journeys. So when it was my turn, I had to be sober. Answering the roundabouts of inane questions was painful. What do you do for a dollar? Where do you live? Upon realising I was of English descent, most males would ask, Which soccer team do you support? It probably comes as no surprise that I hate football. 
and most sport because people. I think they like to ask what job you did so that they could pigeonhole you into a certain subset of society. They'd ask you where you lived, which would sometimes give an indication of your wealth or the lack thereof. And football, because it's a common topic to enjoy with other men. These events, mostly, no in fact entirely, left me drained. Part 4. Stuff that doesn't taste like the description. Okay, chicken-flavoured crisps. They don't taste like chicken, do they? Well, no chicken I've ever eaten. And I have eaten a lot of chicken. Ask yourself next time you cook yourself a chicken breast and then eat it. Does this taste like chicken-flavoured crisps? Same with chocolate. Chocolate ice cream does not taste like chocolate. Tomato ketchup doesn't taste like tomatoes. Lemonade doesn't taste like lemons. Orange juice does taste like oranges. I will concede that. I think most juices are probably a safe bet. Gender reveal parties. I was recently in the awkward position of being invited to a gender reveal party at someone's house that I know. Obviously, I declined. I've got no interest in finding out what sexual organs your unborn child has. I really do have better things to do that day than stand around at someone's house in a heightened sense of anxiety making small talk with other humans whilst waiting to find out whether it is penis or vagina. It's sick. There's no privacy, even in the womb. Okay, let's have a look at the reviews and the emails. It's not unsurprising that there are no reviews. The podcast itself is shambolic. Fact. It's a turd of a podcast. But we do have an email, and it's from jiffyfrog444 at yahoo.com. Dear Small Nose Podcast, In episode three, your ruminations took aim at meat-shaped vegan food. You asked for the logic behind meat-shaped vegan food like the meat-free burger or the meat-free sausage. Offering an insight from my perspective, maybe it is because the vegan wants to fit in at barbecues and the like. Let's face it, it's easy to slip in a few veggie burgers or sausages. But you've got to be careful, though, that they don't touch the part of the grill that's come into contact with meat. We all know how vegans piss and moan when this happens. Anyway, maybe you should be more charitable to this minority and cut them some slack. Kind regards, Jessica Malarkey. Interesting email, Jessica. Thank you for your rumination on my rumination. Although I think it's pretty rich to ask me to lay off vegans when you accuse them of pissing and moaning with meat cross-contamination upon the barbecue griddle. How about you shove a vegan sausage up your contradictory arsehole? Uh, And if you'd like to ruminate on ruminations or share your rumination, feel free to email smallnosepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks then. Bye.